Hello, my friends. I hope this finds you happy, healthy, and finding ways to get your business moving in such strange times. Alana, Nigel, welcome again. Good to see you both. Hello. Good to be here yet again. Excellent. Now, um, Nigel, prior to this when we were talking uh, about pressing the record button, you were talking about um, this morning you had a, a networking group and the theme of the networking group or the commentary that you got out of it was a lot of people still commenting on that they're looking forward to things going back to normal. And um, I think that's a very, very interesting subject because there's a level of um, illusion in even thinking that. And I just want to, maybe maybe you'll pick it up here is, is what do you think the general vibe is? Because I think that's a worrying thought about wanting to go back to normal. So wanting is probably the wrong word. Looking forward to going back to normal. Yeah, well, it seems like um, obviously this is to coin the phrase and use the phrase that's been banded about uncertain times. No one knows what the other side of this looks like, when that is, how far away that is or what form it will take. So the thing I think people are holding on to is that particularly in Australia, we've had a fairly good response uh, at this point anyway um, to the uh, virus side of things. So the numbers aren't quite as high. So people are looking backwards going, well, I look back there and I go, all I've got to do is ride out this small part and then I can get back into the way that things used to happen. And it just seems really dangerous because I, I don't actually know that no matter what the other side of this looks like, we we won't be going back there. There's too many new things, both good and bad, that have been brought up by this, that the way that we do business has changed and the way that we offer our services is going to change in some form or another. So if we're waiting to go backwards, that seems like a bit of a... Uh, it seems risky to me. Do you, do you think the same thing, Lana? Do you think um, this is the new normal for us or are we are we overreacting a little bit around what, what Nigel was saying, which is, you know, it will get back. It's just that we forget how quickly things can change but also how quickly things can recover, frankly. What your thoughts? My thinking is more around what people value. My hope is that it actually doesn't go back, that we see the essential workers, the teachers and the nurses and the doctors, we actually Ooh. see these people for what they are and what they contribute and teachers no longer have to argue and fight to get a pay rise when in actual fact it becomes a really revered profession. That's the side of it that I hope doesn't go back and the human kindness that has come out of it there's a real opportunity for people who have now actually lived through what would be deemed to be a war of sorts to actually realise yep. what's important. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's interesting to analyse, you know, who, who wants to go back to normal and why? And I think it's working out are people longing for a period of high prosperity in which they were experiencing or are people longing for a time in which they had more certainty or perceived certainty around their lives? And I'm, I wonder sometimes that people long for a time that wasn't particularly where they wanted to be because, you know, in the same breath, a lot of these people who are business owners and people that are striving in, in life to, you know, build something, they weren't there at a point where they have achieved 
their goals or they've achieved what they wanted to be. They're actually in a point where they were trying to grow rapidly, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. They're in growth phases of the business or perceived growth phases of the business. But it's almost like having this uncertainty has made that period look a lot better than it probably was at the time or while they're experiencing it. And I'm wondering if um, do people really want to go back there or they just want to be outside? I, I, I think they um, they want to go back to choice and freedom. So they always had the choice to build the business. Yeah. Some of them possibly didn't, some of them possibly did. I know personally I'm finding it really hard to stay on track with my goals in terms of uh, business building because I feel like I don't have the same choices that I had. Even though I have different choices, it's almost having that uh, veil of confinement over it it can make it really difficult and I feel that that's probably the people who want it to go back to normal. All they're saying is that they want freedom of choice that they had before. In which most of them weren't using. Yeah, that's irrelevant. <laughs> perception of choice. Well, I think it's really important to look at that because right now there's there are some obviously some industries and businesses that have been decimated just cannot operate right now, will not operate, will most likely not operate for the next year, year and a half at best if they survive at all. But there are people also that are longing for this choice that aren't actively making the choices right now to be prepared for that time. And I think this is the interesting um, observation that I've had is there is a hell of a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I just miss being able to do this. I go, you went that consistent doing that at the time or, you know, you could do this, 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 this. I go, but you weren't doing that back when you had full freedom of choice and now when you get the opportunity to plan that you're not. Um, you're tired, there's, you know, it's difficult, there are a few more barriers. It's a very interesting um, observation of how the human mind works and I, I, I read something um through social media channels the other day and someone was talking about um, this period not being a, pro- a productivity contest. And I was sitting there and I was just having a think about that which is I don't know if it's a productivity contest but it's certainly not a time to take your foot off the accelerator. Can I give you an analogy of that? I'd love an analogy of that. Because we all know Nigel goes to the gym. Yeah. Um, Rick, not, at, not at the <laughs> moment actually. He's... Um, You've taken to turning your house into a gym, haven't you, Nigel? 24-hour gym. I've actually gone out to find one of those indoor bike trainer things so I can ride my bike without having to ride my bike anywhere. There there you go. So you'll understand the analogy. You know when you miss a Monday and you say, oh, well, I've already missed it so I may as well wait till next week? Yeah. This is for for me. Are you talking about your diet? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, life. Um. It's sort of, it's that mindset of before this or maybe during this, I've missed my Monday so what's the point? Yeah, I've totally. I'm inside, I can't make the meetings that I usually would have had so what's the point of even making meetings on Zoom because it's not the same. And I, I personally used to have this around my fitness because if I couldn't run, well, what's the point? I shouldn't do weights because what's the point if I can't do my running outside? I'm not going to be fit the way that I wanted to be, so why be fit at all? And that for me is that back to normal concept of even if you've if you've lost your job, if you've got your job, 
what is it that you wanted in your perfect world? And if going back to normal means not having that, would you really want that? Deep. Deep. <laughs> Deep. It's, um, it's exactly right and I think this is the whole Don't thing. Don't sound so shocked. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not shocked with it. I was, I was just contemplating what you'd said and it's – this is the problem and I think this is the challenge a lot of people listening to this will have is – deep down they want to progress or feel like progressing and they their their point of progression is more what they had in the past which was being able to actively go out and progress or feel movement because movement feels like progression. And at the moment with everyone being isolated and the way that we're doing business, the way that we're attacking our personal goals, you actually have to address what this part of your journey is which is this is that whole sharpening the saw if you're going to chop wood for 12 hours which you know I'm pretty sick of that analogy by the way but I think everyone gets it by now (coughs) excuse me it's this is the sharpening of the saw this is a great chance to calibrate this is a great chance to sit back I mean when in history have we ever had a, a pause now that's the dumbest comment I think I've ever said on this podcast. There's been many times in history but I'm talking about in our lifetime at our age where a pause has actually been something we could utilise. Right now, when have you had an opportunity to actually evaluate everything in your life because the world's essentially slowed down? And to me there's a little bit of um, I, like what a, what's everyone in a rush for right now? I, I would argue that I'm a very goal-orientated driving person. But I'm finding this pause very, very beneficial because it really does make you evaluate everything and you don't feel like the world's running away without you. So I I feel a lot of the time like if I slow down, everyone's running away or my goals are getting further away. Maybe that's something a psychiatrist needs to get on and I need to address. But right now I'm feeling calmer that I always feel like it's half-time. You've got the moment to catch up. And just and evaluate and look at what works, what doesn't. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not getting moody over things as Nigel would know. But, you know, there's things like where, where right now are you evaluating all the aspects of your business and life and what actions are you taking to put in the infrastructure to capitalise on that as things start to warm up because they will warm up again. Mm. I don't think anyone believes that this is the, the way humans will um you know cope well i also think that in australia on that is we're so we've been so lucky we have been in terms of our health we have got obviously economic issues but from a personal perspective we're not in lockdown we're in self-imposed isolation and we're doing social distancing but we're not in spain if you leave your house you go to jail like we're in a very um lucky country that it's a really great opportunity for us to be able to take that moment to think about what we actually want and to be that little bit selfish. And the question is, or I always ask is, if it went back to normal, would I be happy with it or will I, would I have felt that I'd lost my chance to progress? And most likely it is the progression answer. Yeah. I agree. I mean, we're very, very lucky in this country and for those international listeners, which by the way... Thank you. I mean, I had a look at the stats the other day and there's people listening outside our borders. Wonderful. Corona can't stop us. We are getting through the borders. We are growing in international locations. Very good. 
sorry, as a side. The advantage of Australia is we're isolated because we're a little island in um, the bottom of the world if you look at a circle as the <laughs> a bottom. Um, but we have the disadvantage for those who are listening in the States, in Canada, in the UK, in all of Europe, that we also don't have the population to accelerate fast. So this is the thing that I always hate about being in Australia. I love being here for lifestyle purposes. It's unbeatable. Like it's absolutely unbeatable. I don't care who you are. I'll argue this and seven times um, best city, city in the world to live in would argue that others also see Bloody it the same way. Vienna. Yeah, except when Vienna <laughs> knocked us off. But anyway, it's an incredible city and it's an incredible country and for all its faults and all the, you know, the things that happen with still a pretty young nation, we're good. We missed the GFC and so far corona has been managed very well by the government. The problem with that is it's a lot easier to manage corona in this country because we're 26 million people. When you're looking at 250 million plus in the States and you're looking all throughout Europe, it's a harder problem to manage. On top of that, when we get out of this economically, those who aren't internationally um, focused in their business, we've only got 26 million people to be doing business with. It's tiny. It's a city somewhere else. So we can't accelerate in the same way or at the same volume as other businesses. And this is an opportunity for us when we're a little bit luckier to start looking at where do I need to set my expectations or change the way I view the world? Can I make my business international? We've got this opportunity right now and everyone's still thinking locally. Like, dumb luck. We're here in a great country. Very good. And most people are wasting it. Just on that, a, a, a great example of that is this morning I was on a, a networking conferencing and we had people that traditionally it would be within the area and I'm talking the suburb would be how you get visitors in. But in that meeting we had 20 visitors. One of them was from Denmark. One of them was from LA. One of them was from uh, London and everyone was in looking for opportunities in there. So it's just opened the world up so much if you're willing to forget what was and go, what could I capitalise on this new opportunity? Or what it will be coming out of this because, as we said, we've got a little advantage because from a medical point of view, this would be one of the countries you'd want to be in. If you Let's put it that way because we don't know what's going to happen. But if you were to pick right now, Australia would be a good pick if you wanted to avoid or currently avoid what's happening. From a business point of view, um, it's not going to take a lot to knock our economy around and really decimate it just by the sheer lack of numbers we have in the country. So, you know, what are you doing as a business right now and what are you doing personally? And a lot of people, I guess, will sit there and particularly SMEs will sit there and go, yeah, but I only operate in that country and go, well, okay, well, that's a rule you've put in place. You don't have to. Have you explored operating anywhere else? Have you explored ways of venturing? And I think, you know, it's, it's this whole thing of, what are people wanting to go back to? And there's a very interesting point on that, which we've we've experienced personally with uh, clients and people feeling almost bad that if they find the opportunity in this, that it makes them a bad person. And for me, what I, I've realised very quickly is it's not an either or. And I know, Tim, a, a lot of our podcasts you say, this is from a business point of view, this is not talking about the health side of things because that's terrible. 
for businesses listening, finding the opportunity doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't mean that you don't care about what's going on. It means that you're forward planning for when we get through this, which we absolutely will, to be in a position that if it ever happened again, who could you help? Can I talk about um, something on the back of that, Lana? Because I think I'd love you to, too. good. Because I want to let people in on the inner sanctum of what we've been telling our clients. Prior to, um, I'm just calling it the world going topsy turvy because I'm sick of saying uh, COVID 19 and Corona. Prior to the situation we're feeling right now, people were here to grow their businesses for their personal ambition. So a lot of SME owners were here to personally get what they wanted out of life. From the last, I guess, month, we've been telling our clients and we've been putting in place the expectation that they now have an obligation to humanity to grow their businesses as fast as possible to create as many jobs, prosperity and help our local communities, our countries and the international, I guess, humanity as a whole because SMEs are the only ones who are going to be able to do that. They, they've got too much weight in terms of job creation, agility and entrepreneurism to do that. It's not going to be pulled out by the big corporations. It's not going to be pulled out by the governments. And this is now, no one asked to do this. We weren't in this to do that. We just, you know, a lot of us who grow businesses because we want to grow businesses. We want to build things. We want to create wealth. We want to do all the things that are fun about growing a business. But you have to understand the new obligation that you have a choice to make. For me, I must admit the last month has been I don't have the choice to not be more aggressive with my personal wealth around creating more jobs for people. I feel an obligation now. I feel that's not a choice anymore. I don't feel I get to self-protect. I feel I have to put everything into what could we do to make things better. And I think that's every SME's obligation right now. I don't think you should be at home relaxing. I think you should be at home trying to build something as fast as possible so when you get out of this you can help because unless you're a nurse, unless you're a doctor, unless you're someone in the medical profession that's actively helping, then you do whatever you can do and as a SME owner, your job is to help people find livelihoods. We're talking 10, 15, 20% unemployment in our country, let alone the rest of the world. No one wants to use the word depression but that's what it is. The only way to get out of depression is to get things moving, add value, help people find stuff to sustain their families, their homes. There is a great, great responsibility now on small business owners. And that could be the new normal for anyone listening is that the responsibility, while it's a heavy one, is also highly rewarding to know that every decision you make, the positive impact on those around you is going to be much more important in the coming weeks and months. Absolutely. If you're sitting there as a business owner, get bigger, get better, make more money because more money will lead to more jobs. You actually have an ex- uh, you have a responsibility right now to just build the best business you can and so when you're sitting there going, I'm going to do it tomorrow, that's just selfish now. It's new. It's a new world. We're not going back to tomorrow 
there's going to be a handful of people that are going to take the next step because they feel a responsibility to contribute to society. And do you know what the other thing is? And we're really f- familiar with this, Lana, particularly. We've also got a retiring baby boomer sector. 80% of the established businesses in the world are owned by baby boomers that are transitioning in the, in the next five to 10 years, which means 80% of the world's businesses are going to change in ownership. This wasn't expected. They got hit by the GFC and had to delay retirement. They've been hit by this and they've been hit in the share market. So there is such opportunity coming up. I mean, we've got a private equity fund literally focused on only that. But you have to understand as a business owner right now, you must, must take the responsibility to be bigger, grow more and create more economic impact in your communities. I just, I'm really big on this. I think this is going to be the next five years of our discussion, which is get bigger, get better, make more jobs. And maybe before this, people didn't have the drive to do that because they thought it would all be okay and it would happen as it happened. Yeah, they'd be comfortable. Got myself a business. I'm making good money. um, I'm where I want to be. Great. That's, I'm really happy for you. Now, contribute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can it's a really it's a big thing i mean i i guess it's where people feel comfortable now is where you want to evaluate is okay what's the next step there'll also be a lot of opportunity for those people who aren't working and this is the thing i think is equally exciting if i had no job now and touch wood i still have a job next week which is you know no one knows that's the reality of this whole situation no one actually knows what's going to happen but if i had nothing to lose there's a lot of people that would love free labor and they would love someone going in there for free labor and making a deal i'll work this you could get yourself into equity positions you could get yourself into employment positions you could learn new skills that you wouldn't get a chance to like there's always opportunity but yeah this is the new world we're in which is everything that was yesterday is not there anymore Mm. even the perception of what you can and can't do is not there anymore and there's new ones that you've never thought of before yeah and what do you got to lose i don't know i think it's a i don't want to say it's an exciting time i don't think we're at that point yet but it's certainly a a a time where opportunity um, people are open to different opportunity that they weren't a month ago six weeks ago you couldn't get in the door with an idea and now everyone is listening because they don't have a choice some people this will be the making of their entire life in terms of just things that they couldn't get done prior to this. And this is, I guess, the thing, Nigel, we're talking about with a lot of these people is 99% of them won't change and that's okay. But there'll be those few people who get to that point of breakthrough where they'll try different things and this will completely transform their life trajectory in a positive way. And I think it's um, the market's actually open to almost there now where it doesn't matter if you get it a hundred percent right people are anyone that's trying to take action and moving forward people are giving an opportunity now not waiting for you get it perfect and then get it out that is going hey you're you're taking a swing let's help you develop this along the way yeah and i think that window's closing rapidly as well i think um a month ago in panic everyone was doing things quickly you know moving online, changing the way they're doing stuff, that's changing really quickly. I think you've missed that wave. So if you're out there going, I'm going to quickly pivot, it's too late. Now you need to establish a proper 
business or a proper offering with new technology, with new delivery, with, you know, whatever it is. But I just think if you miss that first crisis point, some people did really well. They got it quickly but it's short term. It's still going to go back to quality offering, what you do, you know, your delivery, the value, all the things that are the fundamentals of any good business are falling back into place even though people are still isolated. It's a very interesting one. I think it's really interesting and I think it's a really um, important topic because we haven't even discussed really around the psychology of it though as well. And I think, I mean, Lana, maybe you can comment a little bit on, I mean, how have you been coping with the psychology of, you know, being in here every every day, the isolation, the... Um, we were talking about the repetitiveness of work. Like we we actually, this has been a really interesting thing for us is we didn't realise how much the social interaction in a office breaks up the day and also is motivating because we run a pretty um, performance-orientated office. Yet the interactions, it's, it's completely changed the way we work, hasn't it? And I also think that that's part of the issue when it comes from the work with home culture and I'm sure we've all read articles and watched videos on how to create a good work from home culture but the reality is you you can't replace that as we would call it just a minute just that banter in the office and the fact that you might be working on something and by choice you get distracted by a fun chat or an interesting conversation or the repetitiveness is never an issue for me it's that lack of personal communication that just makes it really it makes it a slog as opposed to that flow it's like being removed from a soap opera you don't realize that you're you're invested in everyone's story around you like on a daily bit you only get a tiny bit every day but you're actually really invested in everyone's personal story that's part of the interest of having workmates and all that sort of thing but you just when you're out of that it's really weird Mm. like it's really weird and I, i don't know if that's a positive or negative thing but it's certainly it it feels like work is work a lot more. I don't know if that's a if that's that makes any sense, but it feels like you sit and do work. I mean, we're getting a lot more done, to be honest. Well, I, I am. <laughs> I know you always get a lot done, Nigel and Alana, but it's it's that having that focus, but you're missing the whole, I guess, depth of relationship in it. Yeah, we'll put it this way: you and I have purposefully integrated two actual breaks into our workday. Yep. which we have never done before. So we would get in at the sort of 7 o'clock-ish, easily, solidly work through to 2 yep. without realising that we didn't have lunch. Yep. And what I'm realising or learning is that that comes from the ability to break up that solid few hours with meaningful interactions s- sporadically throughout it. And for me that's what's... That's the hardest part of this and the psychology is the connection is I'm not just working. I'm actually – I've got relationships around me and there's a bigger reason to working than, you know, sending off an email. Mm. No, definitely. What I found really interesting is those little bits of office banter or whatever it was which could happen naturally and on the fly in, a, in an in real life situation – they now have to be planned, and if they're not planned, they're an annoyance. So where there'd be, you could have a backwards and forwards conversation in the office, that same backwards and forwards conversation that somebody else is having or the group's having via Slack 
all of a sudden, what would have been a fun thing for me uh, in the office, just be able to put my hands down for a second and listen, is five minutes of constant pings from the slack that's interrupting my flow at the same time. So it's so how do you build that into uh, a joyful part of the workday because you know that you're missing out on it as opposed to a being is interrupting workflow and it's a really hard thing to reframe is this is my chance for social interaction. Yeah, it's consciously choosing to put those moments in rather than so we're having to create the environment for it rather than let the environment create the space for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm finding that part a little bit um, easier to manage because I, I guess used to run my schedule of only having a couple of times where I'd get involved with the instant office messaging or things like that because it was very much a I don't need to be in a reactionary role um, which has been really great and I, I like that but it's also just from a maybe an unpopular, an unpopular point of view is looking at it now is how inefficient are offices really? Like they're actually, they're incredibly, not that it's not the right thing to do but you just realise that I mean we're focused on those things in our office being around performance and we still have that. People who don't even think about anything like that, you just really see how, particularly in SMEs, how much time is wasted on things that are not necessary. Not that the interaction is not necessary but then just the whole, you know, let's call it 40% of wasted time per day over a year. It's, you know, it's four to five months a year of wasted time for SMEs who are sitting out there going, listen, I never have time for anything. This is going to be such an eye-opener too. You've got plenty of time to do things. It's just wasted in the environment. It's a very, very interesting thing. Not that I haven't elevated uh, social interaction up into importance but, gee, it's an interesting um, way to look at it when, you, when you've been in this environment. Just in the kind of in discussion, just while we've been talking, it's come up. How's your experience being with people's expectations around communication at the moment because everyone knows that everyone's pretty much planted at home in front of their desk have you noticed different expectations in response times and the way people are reacting to you i'll take my version of it personally i've kept my responses exactly the same and so i've made sure from the very start of i think we're five or six weeks in there has been no change in my speed um, in things like Slack and whatnot is there's the, as always, there's the um, showing that I've received it but the actual actioning of it still comes within the same time and within our system and our process and if they if anyone needs something faster, clients included, I've simply let them know that it's, it is for us business as usual so if you need this at a sped up time, you need to communicate that. So still putting the communication back to them of tell me what you want and when you want it. So I've been quite lucky with mine. Yeah, I must I must admit I that's the one thing I think uh, hasn't changed too much for me personally is I still set the boundaries of my day and the time around my day. So you it would be no different if I was in the office. You still can't access me because you just want me. Like that's a structured part of my management style is when people can get access and how and how I receive it. So must admit for me that's trans um, – uh, I was going to say transcribe but that's um, – that has crossed over really well 
in terms of being working from home or working from the office is that process has been very effective and I think it's probably very important for most people to also start to consider those boundaries around how do I manage communication from a point of view of making people and my colleagues feel still attached to the business and still being part of it and still getting the interactions because we're fine here. Lana and I are lucky enough because we live together. Other people who uh, don't have a partner or, or aren't living with other people, this this is a very isolating time. So we've had to put extra thinking into adding communication um, touch points for people just for their own mental health because you've got to think about your people and you want people. And I think this is really important as we get further and further into this starting to really make sure you manage not just yourself and your boundaries around communication but also just making sure that your people are getting enough um, touch points where they don't feel completely disengaged with the company because it'll get to a point where we will recover and you don't want all your people that you spend so much time building up a culture with to basically feel like they're working with strangers again. It's a good point. Excellent. Really interesting um, conversation I think around um, you know as things progress what's going to happen but here we are you know a few what are we now six seven weeks into I guess isolation is it what five my god it's so slow no but it's um (laughs) but I but I agree and I think if we bring that all around is let's ask ourselves that question which is why do you want to go back to normal and were you performing at normal the way you should be performing now that you've got a bigger responsibility? So a really good one. Nigel, good to see you. Lana, nice to again look at you from across the desk or at home 24-7. Team, we'll, um, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a good one. See ya.